I'm Felina. And I'm Summer. And you are listening to Broken Broken. <laughs> because we're both. The podcast about living your best life by getting real. Hey, broken people. This is Summer. And this is Felina. I, I just want to apologize ahead of time. I'm eating a bunless onion burger as we I like just got off work we've been at work all day and then we record these afterwards so. and we have no time and so it gets really real around here yes. so right now summer's watching me eat this like really juicy like bunless burger because I don't eat bread and it's all over the place and you're going to hear me smacking so. <laughs> when you hear the lettuce crunch I'll know so I'm apologizing ahead of time but I'm starving <laughs> So can you tell us, uh, for the listeners, kind of some of your uh, background, your story, on who you are? Oh, well, that's a big question, Summer. Um, <laughs> Start with your name. Like, okay. Uh, my name is Kendra. Um, Kendra Hollingsworth. Um, I spend my day as a disability rights advocate. I work for a law firm, and I help protect children with disabilities. Um and at night, I come home to three um, wonderful children. Two of them are dancers, and so I'm a dance mom, and I'm running around getting everybody to all the dance classes and intensives and competitions and performances. That oh, I know that life. I, that was me <laughs> as a child. I was in, right. in competitive dancing when I was a kid, yeah. Oh, wow, yeah. That's a lot. It is. It's a lot. Um, and as of a couple of years ago, I became a single mom and, you know, so it's been, um, it's been quite, quite the journey. Yeah. Oh, we hear you from these two single moms right. to you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Life changes a lot when that happens, right? <laughs> yes, it does. Yeah. So how did you end up in disability rights? Um, I was. Well, that's a story. Um, I was working for CPS, um, and I hated it. Um, As does everyone yeah. who works for CPS. Right. <laughs> I don't. I don't know anyone who works for CPS and is like, yeah, I, I love it here. Child um, Protective Services. I, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was working for CPS. I hated it. Um, I was asked to lie in court um, one day uh, by my my supervisor, and I refused. Um, so I quit, and um, and it, it felt really good, of course. Um, uh, and then um, and then out of out of the blue, um, and I, I posted my resume online just as part of being unemployed, and mm -hmm. I thought no one would ever see it. And um, out of the blue, I get this call from a law firm asking me to come in and, and talk to me. Um, so I called them up, and I interrogated the man who would be my supervisor for about forty five minutes. Um, before he, <laughs> before he said to me, wow, I feel like I'm under interrogation. You're doing a fantastic job of it. <laughs> and, um, and so, uh, I apologize. And, and then, uh, came in to speak to them, uh, brought them some briefs that I had, um, written for court and, and, um, they were just, uh, they were just impressed. I was the only person they interviewed. They hired me and I've been there ever since. So. How long ago um, was that? Um, oh gosh, I have to do math. Um, 14 years. <laughs> oh, yeah. wow. Oh, I didn't yeah. realize you'd been there that long. Wow. Uh, yeah, it's been a while. Yeah. Excuse me, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Still a mess okay, over here. Eating is good. Yeah. Food is necessary. Well, I mean, when we are all, I mean, I'm sure you totally get it, like when you're trying to do 
18 things at once. You know, you got to sneak in your your meals where you can, right? Right. Absolutely. So I'm glad I get to share my meal with the both of you tonight. It's a lovely dinner. Lovely dinner conversation. It's always nice to have a meal with friends, right? Yeah, but it's nice to be around women who get it. Uh, You know what I mean? Uh, I think we all uh, share similar struggles. And, uh, you know, this show is all about sharing our our struggles and, and things that we're supposed to be ashamed of, but instead normalizing them because we deal with complicated shit in life. Everybody does. Right. And, it's real. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, what are some of the things that you struggle with? Gosh, a lot. Um, I mean, it was, it was one thing to be married to the world's largest, largest jackass, I think. Um, but, um, <laughs> You know, to, to for him to leave and then leave me with all the bills and leave, um, leave you know behind. And, and sometimes people are like, "Well, why don't you just?" People say to me, "Well, you live in you know you live in this this town that's you know it's rather um, affluent, and well, why don't you just up and move to you know somewhere else, or or why why are you even living someplace like this? Well, I didn't get here by myself." Mm-hmm. You right. know, I I built a life with somebody else who no longer is participating in that life, and now I'm left trying to get kids to graduate and, and right. um, make sure, you know, and, and not disrupt the lives of, of other people who, who didn't ask for for someone to just walk out the door, um, and um, and so like for me, I, I just like every. Sometimes it just feels like everything is a struggle. Everything from getting I feel that. Yeah. 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 To being where you need to be every night and getting everyone where they need to go and, and, you know, um, paying bills and just everything. Everything. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Paying bills is a, yeah, that's a struggle. And people assume, you know, I'm sure you probably get this assumption, or I'm assuming you have a uh, formal education. Um, yeah. You know, Summer and I both have law degrees, and people like to make the assumption, oh, well, you're a lawyer. You must make a lot of money. I'm right. Like, you're right. insane. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. Not, that's yeah. not reality. <laughs> no, it's not. I, I went to law school. I have a, a Master of Jurisprudence in Indian Law. Um, I haven't finished. Uh, the idea was my husband would finish his his doctorate and then once he was done I would get to finish my JD mm. um, that did not happen obviously right. um, but uh, yeah I, I know plenty of, of attorneys who are not um, wealthy like I don't know most of them right um, most right? of the attorneys I know are not right um, yeah and I know you haven't had a chance to listen to it yet but the uh, last episode we had I was talking about <laughs> Uh, about that the financial struggles because earlier this year my car got repoed which was a whole lot of fun Uh, (laughs) and it's something we don't talk about Um, because for whatever reason I don't know if it's just this country or what we've been taught you don't talk about money and you you hide these things and I know that's how we ended up having a conversation about you being on the show was because of that Facebook post you made so did you want to, uh, right. could you kind of 
What was the post? Talk about what, what you posted and... Well, you know, I had a friend, um, I've, been, I've been taking this class on, like, uh, basic bookkeeping, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had this friend, after class, she would tell me how ashamed she was of the fact that her family was poor and she had just five children and they're just, you know, her husband are doing everything can to make ends meet, but it's not happening and, mm-hmm. you know, changes in job and changes in economy and all that stuff that is so real. And... And, um, and she disclosed to me that she also went to our church as a food pantry. And um, it's a very distinctive food pantry. It says uh, the church's name on some of the products. Right. Um, so you know, <laughs> if you've ever been there and you go to someone's house and they have something from there, you would know. Yeah, you know um, that label, right? <laughs> right. You, have, you definitely have the label, and I don't mean Prada. Um, <laughs> and... Um, and she was just telling me how ashamed she was that she had to go to the pantry, and, and I just felt like no one should have to be ashamed of that. Mm-hmm. And so I posted a picture of my Jesus Christ meat on Facebook, <laughs> so everybody could see that I have a Jesus Christ meat, and it's okay, and you're not alone. And so many people get on social media, and they're showing you their their new bikini in Tahiti, and um, that's that's just not reality, I think, for most people. And, you know, I'm so happy that people can go to Tahiti and wear a hot bikini. I mean, whatever. Um, right. You know, but that but that doesn't mean because you can't that you've done something wrong. And it doesn't mean some people will equate wealth or um, being financially successful with, you know, oh, well, you must be doing the right thing or you must be a good person. But that's, that's not true, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and... And your, your finances don't dictate your morality. They don't dictate uh, your ethics. They don't, they don't dictate um, how good of a person you are or how, how well you must be doing. So I just thought it was important that people understand that even me, I have Jesus Christ in my pantry, and it's fine. It's right. okay. Right. And I, I really appreciated that because right now I'm working as a social worker again. And um, because of the state... <laughs> of things, I'm seeing a lot of clients coming in for assistance for the first time. And a lot of a lot more educated people coming in for the mm-hmm. first time and, and a lot of them are struggling with that. Um, because they've always had that conditioning of, you know, um, poverty is a moral failing. Yeah. And that outlook and, and trying to get out of that. And some of them honestly are waiting what I consider too long to ask for help. They're waiting until they're yeah. absolutely desperate because of that. And yeah. when things may have been, had they asked for help earlier, it may have been more manageable to get out of it. Um, I don't know how we fix that problem in this country, but we need to. Um, <laughs> this idea that uh, poverty or affluence is somehow re- connected to um, how hard you work or what type of moral person you are yeah that right i mean it's it's one factor but there's a whole lot of other factors right there's there's all sorts of things and there's a lot of factors that are beyond your control that you just can't yeah that's a that's a good um i i'm seeing a wheel of um my my wheels are turning and i'm seeing this (laughs) wheel inside my mind of like a research uh project and the factors to consider. I mean, whether or not each factor is a choice or forced upon you as well. 
I mean, there's just so much to consider. And uh, we're so, uh, I think our society in general is just so prone to, uh, I'm trying to, I'm not quite sure what the right word is, but we, we have such a singular view on things. Like it's just because of A, this is a result of B. You know, you see that in our politics all the time. Right. Like, oh, well, gosh, I'm like really struggling with examples right now. <laughs> but you know what I, I mean, think that's right? That's true. There's a, uh, I don't know if it's a reluctance or just to even not I think realizing it's simple. to look beyond at yeah. the, the complexities of issues. Yeah. But I don't think we're taught in our um, well, that requires, primary education yeah. to do those things yeah. anymore. That requires critical thinking. Right. <laughs> and really, it, it's yeah. just easy to just go, oh, well, you know, you must be on, on food stamps because uh, you're lazy and you don't work hard and you must be uneducated yeah. and you, you know, like from that one singular act, so many assumptions can be made. Um, and and that's right. just a, my, a very myopic, myopic, myopic. There we go. Uh, <laughs> view uh, of anybody's uh, you know situation in their life, and I think that's why I get so pissed off in politics uh, because it's such always people having these myopic like stances on things. I'm like, oh well. And they want to pretend everything's disconnected from other I, I things. Would, yeah, like I'm literally in yeah. an argument with a woman who is marrying my stepdad on Facebook right now who uh, is like, well, I, I don't understand the need for National Women's Day. Isn't that every day? People, a human's day? Why? I don't understand why we have all these special days. I'm she like, just, you? all lives matter to her Women's Day. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? I was like, I get wow. paid like... 72 cents on the dollar of every man in my legal in the, you know doing the same job in my legal profession and i pointed that out and she's like she makes some comment about oh well you know that also depends on the the specialty that you choose i'm like bitch this isn't even just about uh like the wage gap is not about just money it's about opportunity too right the opportunities are not always right. open equally right. yeah like shut the fuck up <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. It pissed me the fuck off, but then I saw that she had also posted a fucking GoFundMe for the goddamn wall. So oh, I am just raging no. right now, and I don't know wow. if she will ever listen to this podcast because I'm going to have to love her because she's marrying my stepdad and she's family. You don't have to love family. her. You just have to not kill her. I can't I mean, talk politics around her, or I might. Well, so, the good news wow. is we know lots of attorneys, so if you need a defense attorney, <laughs> it's such a myopic view. <laughs> just like everything, just like this, like it just pisses me off. Sorry, I'm getting hot headed. <laughs> okay, we need to do you an know, episode in a minute about experiences would, as women. <laughs> Go ahead. You would really think that, like, something like International Women's Day, where we're just trying to bring awareness to the accomplishments and obstacles that women face around the world, like, that would be something that everybody would be on board with, right? Like, yeah. Like, that's a, that's a no-brainer. Like, there's not an argument there. Like, why Like why are we even having this, like, argument or this discussion? Like, it's so like why can't we celebrate women? You know? Well, because, yeah. you know, she lives in her little bubble where it's never affected her, you know? Like, if something okay. has never affected you... Right. I don't. But it, how has it not affected her? That's what I don't understand. Because she's can you be a that fluent, insulated from She's it? grown up in a white, affluent, uh, 
neighborhood yeah. with a quite affluent family. Okay. She works for uh, an affluent company that I'm sure somehow in her network of people helped get her the job. Yeah. You know, it's like, and it's That's just never. world I don't even know. Yeah, it's just never <laughs> affected her. And like, these people lack fucking empathy. Right. That's like, a good thing. Like, the, is real. the inability to place your privileged feet in someone else's shoes. Right. It just pisses me off. I'm, again, getting on a rant. <laughs> I'm sorry. My pressure's going up. <laughs> yes. As I come home from working a 10-hour day right. for two days in a row, making less money than the partner across the hall from me who leaves at 4.30 every day. Right. You know? Yeah. Don't tell me I don't work hard. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. I mean, money isn't about who worked hardest, right? I think exactly. if it was about who worked hardest, the guy that's uh, in the Texas heat who's building a, a light down the street, he's going to be making way more money than me, right? Because right. um, I, I didn't work hard at all. I sat in an air-conditioned office, and I, I used my keyboard. I mean, he's clearly working harder than me when he's been out in the Texas heat 12 hours. Mm-hmm. But it's not about how hard you work. It's not about how long you work, right? Exactly. It's, a, it's about what someone chose to value you with and what they chose to pay you for whatever it is that you do. Yeah, that's the or, myth or, of or the American dream, right? how much money you right? out of other people, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know one of our previous guests, Alicia, I, I didn't think to ask her about this when she was on the show. She was talking about um, when she was living which she's back in New Mexico again, but when she was living out by Santa Fe, um, she was so upset. Um, and she's talked about this in public online posts, so I think she's okay with me <laughs> mentioning it, about watching these ranchers who are like millionaires, they'll go to um, to the res or to one of the pueblos or you know any anywhere where um, <clears throat> these poor men live and they'll load up a uh, pickup full of them to go you know build fence on their ranch or whatever pay them almost nothing and make them like they have to stay there until the whole thing is done they don't even provide them shelter like it was the middle of the winter and there's snow on the ground and these men are sleeping on the ground with no tents what the actual fuck yeah i'm like you've got millions of dollars and you can't even provide them shelter You, you do not see these people as humans and yeah, and that's, I feel like it's a perfect <laughs> demonstration of the uh, empathy gap <laughs> and the, and the, the system itself, the capitalist system that like, we don't see these things and we don't realize well, that that's how the system is built. And how do these men, I mean, in that situation that you just described, I mean, those are human beings. Mm-hmm. How can you stand there and watch them freeze, watch them hurt, watch them suffer? And, and ha- I mean, when is it nature versus nurture, you know, with this empathy? I mean, I've been in contact with a malignant narcissist who lacks empathy truly. Um, you know, but I can't believe that that many people, you know, lack empathy. Or is there just, have we just been trained to turn it off in, in exchange for our own status and money. There is actually, I don't know. There is actually a, um, a study that examines that uh, out of Canada, and I can't remember which university did it, where they watched, uh, and we talked about it in one of the early, early podcast episodes when Stephanie was with us, um, 
they they found that white people are more likely to have less empathy for people that don't look like them um but people of color aren't necessarily and i think it's because they're it's because of the conditioning and the you, when you're you have that sense of entitlement because you're not dealing with those things because you don't have to you're not being affected by them you don't develop that empathy and empathy is developed usually at a very young age mm -hmm. um and so they don't have those experiences at the young ages and so they're less likely to see people who don't look like them as human in the same way that people that do so they were responding in empathetic ways to people who looked like them but not to people who didn't interesting interesting so interesting yeah so it is kind of it is a sociological issue yeah yeah Ugh. hate being in contact with people who lack empathy <laughs> And the thing is, they don't even realize that they don't. Yeah, but they're just arrogant fucks. <laughs> really can't stand them. <laughs> Sorry. Selena's a little salty about some things. I am. I'm really sorry. As we all are. I am being a salty pussy tonight. <laughs> so what kind of response, when you brought this up online, what kind of response did you get? Did you get um, people who were in the same sort of situation or you know I, I i mean and maybe it's it's part of you know i don't i don't deal well with people that i think are just kind of toxic or i like i don't i just don't collect people online like i like to put people around me that i think are are probably a good influence on me and that um you know care about me and my family so right. what, what i really got was just a lot of support i got a lot of people saying that's me too Good. And, um, you know, I, I got a lot of people saying, I, I have I have that same roast beef in my freezer, you know, and um, and kind of outing themselves in a way. So, um, and, then, and then the other thing I wasn't expecting was people to kind of on the side call me and say, hey, do you need groceries? Um, oh, do you wow. Need, do you need money? <clears throat> um, and I, um, that was a very strange week. I got these two gift cards in the mail, which could not have come at a better time. Um, right. And um, I didn't have any gas money, and um, those gift cards helped me get gas. So, um, and, you know, I didn't need groceries at that moment, but I was very grateful for the friend who, who asked. Um, but I, I think sometimes, like, in this kind of modern day and age where we're all just so glued to our phones, I don't think we're paying attention to our neighbors in the community as much as we used to. Um, and I, I think it's really important that people kind of like reach out to people you know and see if you can do an active service for them. Do they need something? Everybody needs needs each other. Right. So, um, like, I just feel really oftentimes, and I feel it too, like disconnected from my community. Like, mm -hmm. I don't know who my neighbors are. Um, and if it wasn't for like honestly going to church, I don't know that I would know people in my neighborhood as well as I do. Mm -hmm. um, and you know, and, and people just, I think sometimes people just kind of feel alienated and they, you know, they don't, they don't reach out. But, um, for me, it was a good, it was a good trial to see how much people around me are, are paying attention and are trying to, um, look at just, you know, outside of themselves and to help others. And, um, it was, it was really, it was really quite a precious experience, I think. That's great. Yeah. That's, I love it when, I mean, I hate that you're struggling, but I do love the demonstration of 
good, you know, humanity. Mm-hmm. I mean, it gives me yeah, hope. Yeah. It calms down the saltiness that you right. heard me express. <laughs> <laughs> I'm reminded there is some good. Yeah. That's, but that's what we fight yeah. for, right? Like, right. that's why I get so salty. And I think it helps people feel less alone. I know, like I said, that when that showed up, that was when I was right there in the middle of trying to figure out that whole car situation. I didn't have a car yet. And I was like, you know, just fuck my life. Like, <laughs> you know. And so it was It was a nice reminder. Like, okay, I'm not the only one going through this. It'll be fine. Yeah. Just keep going, you know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah absolutely. And, and you're, you're not, I mean, you know, these, I mean, how, I mean, think of all the systems that we plug into where there really isn't that care or concern for you as an individual. I mean, your car loan company doesn't care usually what happens right. to you or if, or if they show up and pick up your car or they don't care about all the children that need that car or, you know, or why you're behind on your payments or, right. you know, um, yeah, we're I, built it as a very like non-caring social structure you know like we're, yeah. our our system is very harsh it cares about the corporations not yeah. about the people <laughs> yeah yeah i know when i i think it was um right after my mother died i had a really hard time paying for my car and mm-hmm. they sent me a notice saying you know you give us eight hundred dollars and you've got like a week uh we're taking your car right. um and i was able to to pay that eight hundred dollars but not without sacrifice right not mm-hmm. without saying well i guess i can't pay my electric bill i guess i can't pay you know whatever else is on my plate right. um and i i was i was fortunate enough that i confided in someone um who then uh you know help was able to help me um just get by not not like get by and be bawling but like mm-hmm. <laughs> you know get just get by um and um and then I was able to, you know, um, on my, my, you know, because when the parent dies uh, and they have to, you know, um, be cremated or they have to be buried and, and then you have to deal with, you know, um, uh, their assets. And uh, mm-hmm. in, in our case, there was no assets. It was, you know, they gave us 30 days to get all of her stuff out of an apartment. Um, and where was that going to go? And, um, you know, who was dipping their hands in our pockets trying to get more money out of us, you know, because she was gone. So, um, yeah, but I, but I, sometimes I, I feel like, you know, I have to remember that if I don't say anything, if I don't communicate to people where I'm at and what's going on, I'm probably not going to get any response. Right. Right. <laughs> so, um, sometimes like asking for help, I think is one of the hardest things to do. Um, but it's something I'm getting better at because if I don't ask, mm-hmm. no help will probably come. People are not telepathic. They're not going to know. Right. I mean, I look clean. My clothes are clean. <laughs> I'm going to work. People probably aren't going to assume anything's wrong, right? Right. And, and I don't have the luxury of, um, I mean, we talk about food stamps. I don't have the luxury of food stamps. Um, I make too much money for food stamps. It doesn't mean that my family can't starve because they absolutely can. Oh, yeah, because um, those income guidelines are set way... <laughs> they're bullshit. Way low. Yeah, because I don't qualify for food stamps either, but that doesn't mean that, <laughs> you know, half of my income right. isn't going to rent, which is the lowest rent I could find. <laughs> you know, it's it doesn't mean that there's a huge chunk of people in there that are food insecure because they don't qualify for food stamps, but they're not at a livable wage. Right. 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 The yeah. working poor. Mm-hmm. 
I've, I've even kind of, at this point in my life, I've, I've decided, you know, as much as I love my job, I've been out job seeking to try to find something that makes maybe twice as much as what I make, which sounds ridiculous to me. Like, like if I, if I was to go talk to myself like 10 years ago and I said, oh, well, Kendra, you're going to be looking for a job that makes twice as much as you do now, I would have laughed. Mm-hmm. Like, why, why would I ever need that kind of money? You know, like, well, I need that kind of money to replace a husband that isn't there. And, um, you know, and then I'm going to have to think about support that I give to my family that if I'm not there to give because I'm working. um, Because right now my job is flexible and they let me be be home when my kids get home, you know. Right. Um, Which as a mother is something you you just, you can't replace. And um, or I guess you can if you have enough money, right? You can hire somebody to be there, three kids. Um, But... Um, you know, the thought of, of having to, to leave um, something I love and something I feel passionate about just for money mm-hmm. um, so maybe my kids can go to college or maybe I don't have to get food from the pantry every month. It's, it's hard. It's, it's heartbreaking, quite frankly. Yeah. Yeah, especially when you're doing important work. I mean, there's, right. there's so many. I can't even pick an issue you know there's just so many wrong with this whole scenario you know we've got somebody who's educated who has worked hard has obtained the education that's supposed to warrant the the life the american dream that we're sold you know i mean we raise our kids and tell them make straight a's so you can go to college and then that means you can make money so you can be financially free and that that lie is what made us sign up for those student loans <laughs> yeah yeah that lies yeah. and, and those student loans that we can't take interest uh payments off on our credit on our taxes anymore right. mm-hmm. those student loans that mm-hmm. i will never pay back oh never 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 unless never. i hit the lottery it's not gonna happen yeah like it's just insane this whole structure and and that's the thing that pisses me off about people in uh, pri- privileged situations that don't recognize it. And they're like, well, you just do this. And like a lot of them have done all the same things. They went to college. They made good grades. You know, they, well, we are right on par with one another with everything. But for they come from some family who has some so connection uh, or they didn't have to take out student loans uh, because somebody paid for their their education or you know whatever like there's just people just are blind to their own yeah leg up i mean they're i have a privilege i mean i even though i struggled too you know like my mom passed away and left me a small life insurance policy and it's a fucked up way to get a privilege but it is a privilege you know I'd, i'd trade it for my mom's presence again anytime but I mean, that's a, yeah. a privilege that I have to acknowledge, uh, even though, you know, I struggle as well. But people don't recognize their own, their own uh, privileges, even when they're small, how, how they really made a big difference in, in their lives and their opportunities and where they end up. Sure. I, like, I think of friends of mine who, when they got married, their parents bought their first house. Right. And, yeah, me too. You know, or, and their parents paid for their college education, so they're... They're stepping off into same as me, you know. You graduate. I got married when I graduated, and then they're stepping off into life. I stepped off with you know sixty grand in debt, 
and a mortgage. You know, right. they're stepping off, not in debt, with no house payment. Um, and they're going to, you know, of course, build on the house, add to it, use extra money, build their savings, and all of that did not happen for me. Right. Um, so, oh, yeah. like, but it doesn't mean we didn't grow up in the same neighborhood. We didn't go to the same schools. Um, we didn't have the same kind of what people think is, you know, even, like, privilege of just, like, oh, well, you grew up in this neighborhood or you you went to that university or, you know, uh, they think, oh, well, you, you had it made, but, you know, no. <laughs> like, there's still ways that people are, are giving families a leg up and, mm-hmm. and, you know, you don't really know it. Um, and, you know, it's, that's one of those things that I think to myself, how, you know, when it comes to, like, generational poverty, how do I get my own kids out of a cycle of generational poverty? Oh, yeah. How do I make sure that oh, yeah. their college education is paid for? Or when they're buying their first house, they're going to have a leg up and maybe mom can help with some of that. Like, I, I think about those things mm-hmm. and how can I make sure my kids are stepping into life without a ton of that? Oh, yeah. Same. Yep, me too. I've already decided if I don't have the money to pay for my kid's college, I'm just taking on her debt. Like, oh, I I'd rather have the money for their college. There's too many. Like, yeah, like, I have too many kids. <laughs> <laughs> I would just rather bury myself in debt mm-hmm. and give her the opportunity to start clean and fresh mm-hmm. uh, than the other way. I mean, I just am not gonna. I'm not gonna do it. My parents, and my family, didn't understand how uh, they could have done the same for me, but they didn't understand. Uh, or were selfish I don't fucking know but they didn't do it for me uh, <laughs> and they could have um, but uh, I'm going to do that for her when, I mean I'm just going to take on all the debt myself if I haven't figured out a way Kevin. to build an empire before right. then <laughs> right of course fortunately yeah. my two yeah. that are old enough have qualified for that uh, the grant the, the, yeah yeah. The, the tuition they call it a scholarship, but it's a tuition waiver because it's if you go to any of the public schools in the state. So I'm like, okay, guys, you got to go to school in Oklahoma. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, they hear about this a lot because, you know, it's got like, uh, you have to take certain classes and you have to keep your GPA at a certain place. I'm like, I uh-huh. can't pay for your college. You better get this I didn't done. know about this. When my daughter gets older, we're going to have yeah. to talk. <laughs> it's okay, promise. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Though cool. the schools are obsessive about getting the information to you so good definitely um so unfortunately my older two have qualified for that and the younger one because of the age she was when she was adopted out of foster care the state will pay for her college oh so uh, but i have two that i've got to figure out (laughs) if they don't qualify for that i don't know what we'll do (laughs) goodness i'm like how about votech guys (laughs) you know because i put my my ex-husband through uh welding school and then my younger my youngest son's father i helped him go through uh uh truck driving school and they both make three times more than i do oh yeah no votex are where it's at man so i'm 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 trying to i i'm about i'm all about the concurrent enrollment start start votech classes while you're in Mm -hmm, high school mm -hmm. college is great you can still go to college but then you can work while you're in college for more than minimum wage no yeah. I already know what certifications they can get during high school. Like those are ways that they can, you know, mm-hmm. work as EMTs or something that right. makes a little bit more than Whataburger, right? Right. Um, yeah, while they're in school. Yeah. And if they can get a 
if their vocational training can be somehow related to whatever they want to study, then mm -hmm. that's also um, experience within the field. Because there's a lot of people right. graduating college who have no work experience, and so it's hard for them to find experience. But if they've already been working in the field, they're much more likely to be able to get a job once they graduate. Right. Plus, you discover right. if you hate it. You don't want to go through college and realize you hate it like I did law school. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, and also, like, you set yourself up. Like, if you have a trade, you can go into business for yourself, you know? And, I mean, it's a little bit more complicated to be an attorney and go into business for yourself. Yeah. It's a lot easier to be a self-employed contract welder or truck driver or yeah. whatever. You know, those trade uh, businesses... Um, really, uh, it, there's a need for yeah. one, um, and it really lends itself to some uh, lifestyle uh, freedoms. Uh, you know, and I don't know if that makes sense, but uh, yeah. you know yeah, what I mean. All right, that's it. I'm going to welding school, guys. I know. <laughs> I'm like, I want to go to coding school. Like, I've always, I'm like, could, if I knew how to code and an attorney somehow, could that? Help me. I don't know. I don't know. I know nothing about coding. I'm weird. Nothing. I like I like computer language bullshit. I'm weird. I look at it, I'm like, I don't know what this means. This is why coders will always have a job. I don't understand. Yeah. I mean, sometimes I think about, like, well, what if I could just change my field entirely and be, like, an electrician or something? Like, what would that take? Like, do I have to take on more jobs? Do I have to? Um, or sometimes... I don't know about you ladies, but you know, sometimes I like, wonder, like, why didn't I just be a florist? Like, I, I could have just been sitting there all day yes. with flowers and not, like, dealing with, like, the horrors of the world, you know, and not getting a phone call, my child was just sexually abused by their teacher, or, <laughs> like, I mean, <laughs> you know, I could have a whole different, like, mind frame if I just, you know, was a florist, right? I think that at least once a week, <laughs> because I, I did work as a florist. <laughs> when my oldest was a baby and I took him to work with me and he would either, I, you know, I would wear him or put him in a pack and play and I would arrange flowers all day. And I do sometimes what? think like, I, cause um, we knew the people who owned the business and they had set it up because they had a special needs son and so she needed to be able to make money and still, you know, and have him there and have flexibility. And so I think about that all the time. I'm like, you know what? They make good money with that flower shop. Maybe I should just go back to being a florist. Yeah. <laughs> At least yeah. once a week I say this to myself. Yeah. 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 Oh, man, law school is stupid. <laughs> it seemed like a good you idea at the time. You could be arranging flowers instead of, like, you know, making, you know, some, some subpar wage. Uh, right to deal, to deal with the horrors of society yeah. right yes yeah. it's like therapy oh i could use some therapy right now man that's it we're opening a flower shop Alina. <laughs> yeah screw this law business yeah. can can you that's pour your own awesome. candles we can make a business out of this yes i can there also you know. make there ointments <laughs> I used to yeah. do that on the side all the time before I went to law school and I shut down all those businesses. Yeah. I now, never should have done that. Yeah, now I'm totally dependent upon my income from that job and I don't have time to do all my side projects. Right. Uh, some yeah. days I just want to quit and just see what happens. If I didn't have so many <laughs> children, I would. 
Yeah, I'm like, if I didn't have any children, terrified. I would. I'm terrified mm-hmm. to do it because I was talking yeah. to somebody about that over the weekend because he's got his own business. And he was like, why don't you do this? Like, you know all of this stuff. You've got all these skills. I said, I'm scared to not have a guaranteed income. Yep. That's exactly all yep. it is. And, and, and it's the gap. Like, give me six months of income to like, right. then I'd be, I yeah, then I'd take the leap. Mm-hmm. But I need yeah. six months of income. Right. You know what I mean? Like, we all have these right. great ideas. I'm sure you're a smart lady, Kendra. I'm sure you've got all sorts of ideas oh, rolling yeah. around in your head on how you can get out. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm like, I, I'm a, I'm a seamstress on the side because I have, like, two extra jobs, of course, to afford my beautiful lifestyle. Same. Um, <laughs> yeah. Don't chuckle too hard. Um, and... Um, like, so I'm a seamstress on the side, and one of the things I like to make is Indian regalia, because I'm Indian, mm-hmm. and um, I think to myself, oh, I could just, you know, make some regalia, put it on Etsy, and like, all my friends are like, Kendra, you make the most amazing stuff, you make dance costumes, you make regalia, like, you just need an Etsy shop, and I'm like, I know, but like, the second I quit my job, and like, the first month, I don't make like, you know, thousands in sales. Mm-hmm. I'm screwed, and my kids are going to suffer. Right. And I just won't allow that to happen. I will never allow them to suffer. Right. That's um, what scares me. I mean, I take commissions, and I do beadwork, and I make jewelry, and I, I do so. And I'm just like, but sales aren't consistent. You can't count on that. And I can't just let my kids be hanging out there and wondering. Yeah. What nation yeah. are you? Uh, Muskogee. Oh, Okay. Well, I have, a, I, have, <laughs> I have an art website if you ever do make some stuff that you want to list in the store. Okay, sure. I've got a got an Indian shawl right now that's, um, <laughs> it needs to be sold. I just haven't done oh. it. <laughs> Maybe um, we ought to start a, a collective Etsy page for anybody. Because, you know, it's like a lot to... To Caesar. Yeah. Like it's going a, up all the time. Yeah. So wouldn't it be nice to share those, you know, with, with among a, a community of people? I don't know. Yeah. Just a thought. Especially yeah. with people who don't have time to do a, a full shop's worth of right. stuff. Okay. That's how we right. started the, the art website. It's, it's an art collective. And so mm-hmm. that way... Yeah. I just don't tell the other artists I pay for the website every year. Aww. I just don't tell yeah. them that part. And I just sell their I just list their stuff and I just take a small commission when it when it sells. Well, and if it doesn't sell, I don't charge them anything. Yeah. You're yeah. a good person. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's my video. Yeah. Well, you know, I just feel like, uh, I mean, I know Summer and I are, are and, and all my female friends, especially my single mom friends, we're always just brainstorming ideas, mm-hmm. and and I see so much power in the collectiveness of us all. Um, yeah, you know, when we can come together with an idea where we each are, you know, busy but each contributing in what ways we can to you know create something. And I just feel like, I just feel like there's got to be a way. Um, I don't know. There's got to yeah. be a way to make things better for everybody, right? Yeah. I keep telling yeah. about this. I think that's true. I, I mean, even if it's not, you know, just money. Like, I mean, even if it's I need someone to come sit with me because I just had, 
chemotherapy and oh, I feel yeah. sick, you know? I mean, I think mm-hmm. there's so much power in our communities and us coming together as people. And I feel like, you know, the momentum is that we need to be all separate. We need to be individual. We need to be, you know, away from each other. But I don't think that's the answer. I think the mm-hmm. answer is for us to be together. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Community is important. Yeah. And I mean, yeah. I like personally, like I don't, um, I don't feel like uh, when I was growing up, like I went to the Lutheran church and I'm not really um, uh, Christian or go to any church or anything. I'm spiritual and I believe in a higher power, but I don't like have a, a hard time going to a church, which was always like the only sort of community that I had. And I really miss that aspect of it. And then like, you know, you go through life and like in college, you might find a little bit of a community or belonging or whatever, but like I've ultimately kind of had to learn how to create a community around me, Yeah. you know, that's like-minded and, and, uh, I, I tend to not necessarily pride myself, but, um, I really love, I I, I woke up one day and realized I had this huge network of people Mm -hmm. that I knew. Mm -hmm. And like one of my favorite things to do is to like bring people together that are within my network because I tend to not, I mean, some, there's been a few that have snuck in and they've been promptly kicked out. Um, but I tend to only collect pretty damn good people, you know, Mm -hmm. like you were saying earlier, you don't allow toxic people to stay around for very long and neither do I. Well, you can't, if you have healthy boundaries, you're not going to. I didn't know what those were though. I didn't either. I'm still working on it. Sometimes I'm not so good. I I realized that earlier today, I was like giving in too much to one of mine that won't go away. Um, and I'm like, I have to remember, I can't ever say yes to him about anything because even though the first request seems reasonable, anytime you say yes. He's going to take that, try to take a mile out of this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's yeah. what happened. I'm like, I've got to remember I'm not dealing with a regular person. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah. he's a, he's clinically, he's a narcissistic sociopath. <laughs> and so he will always take that. And he doesn't even realize what he's doing consciously. He's just doing what he does. Yeah. And yeah. I can't, I have those to remember people are to keep those boundaries. Gone. <laughs> Well, I can't because we share a child with him, so I can't oh, get rid of him. So yeah. that's what it was about. That's the only thing I talked to him about is this, our kid, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, that makes yeah. sense. I hear you. I, I, my first husband was, you know, we, we did not part on, on good terms because um, my, my first husband, he, uh, he was mentally ill and he um, didn't want to take his medication because he felt that it, you know, kind of um, ruined him or made him not authentically him mm. um, <laughs> yeah. and um, okay uh, right. and um, you know because of that he, he really could not control um, some of his moods and some of the things that he did when he had those moods and I came to a point to where I was like you know I kind of have to like I me as an individual I can deal with his moods and I can predict a lot of it and like I know when to duck and dodge mm-hmm. um, but you know the kids could not and I just knew I wasn't doing my job as their as their custodian on this planet if I stayed with them in this environment and so you know I I left um and then of course married husband I'm a is not worth much but um (laughs) um so you pick men as well as I do I see (laughs) yeah yeah but you know I there's still that's still her father and that's that's someone that you know I will always have to 
on some level deal with, right. um, you know, for, for them. And, um, and he's not a bad person by any means. Um, he has difficulties and, you know, he's learned over the years that he has to, you know, get help and take mm-hmm. care of his own needs. Um, the same way we all learn about our different struggles that we have. Um, but, you know, um, it's, it's hard when I think when you love somebody and like you, you see that struggle and you're like, oh, but you just need this. And right. then it, it, you, know, you can't, you, you can't get them to come drink the water they need. Like you just, right. you, know. you want to help them, but yeah. you, you can't do that for them. Well, you know, and I think yeah. about where that, that, um, you know, I don't know if it's necessarily just a nurturing nature of women, um, or if that's because not not all women are are like that, but I know that like summer you and I, I mean you've talked about uh, <laughs> collecting broken people, and you know it's like a really bad hobby. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I used to do it too, and somewhere along the way in the last like six months to a year, I've like recognized that I don't have to do that anymore, and like with each experience with each man, and specifically my, my romantic relationships with men, where I like would just bend over backwards to okay. be caring and nurturing and figure out what their problem was and and, and try to help them and fix try it, to help them fix it yeah. and uh-huh. be there and yep. be supportive uh-huh. and now I'm just like fuck that right like <laughs> that's what I've done for the past year is like not yeah I'm like not gonna do that and you know trying to watch myself and then one of them showed back up after all that time the other day and I told him no like no I'm not coming over there no I'm not no I'm like, not getting sucked have... back into this loop we're, yeah. not, we're not doing this yeah right. I don't have the energy right. no but but I wonder about like that like behavior on my part and Kendra can you relate to that like behavior <laughs> Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. you know not all women do that and like does that come from a trauma a common trauma in our childhood or like what society was going through at the time of our childhood or I mean I know my mother was uh I think we probably have a lot of mom our moms are all from the same generation where they were more subservient and needed a man and oh, my mother was a child bride so yeah absolutely yeah, <laughs> yeah. wow yeah well, even this, even this notion that you have, or at least maybe it's a notion I have, you know, that, like, when you love somebody, you, like, and, you know, I always think the problem with me is that just because I love somebody and give everything I have does not mean it's going to be reciprocated, right? Right. So, you know, with my last husband thinking, like, oh, well, he's this Indian politician, and he's, like, all these things, he's so accomplished, he's going to have his PhD, and surely he has the brain power to reciprocate all the love and attention that I'm going to give him. And, and certainly he's, you know, he knows not to be abusive in any way. And certainly he knows, right. um, you know, how to treat me well because, you know, he's he's just such a brilliant fella. Well, that's not the case, right? Mm-hmm. And so, like, I put on my blinders to, to his bad behavior just, you know, just to get through. And, and I think there's, like, that, that part of me that's like, you know, which I think is natural to any person when you're in a situation that isn't, you know, nurturing you back, you're trying to figure out how to get through that day, right? right. And you're hoping the next day is going to be better. <laughs> and you and you think to yourself, if I just keep loving, 
then eventually it'll kick in with the other person and they'll be like, huh, she loves me. It's, it's, she's going to love me back. I can't, you know, mess this up. It's, it's time for me to reciprocate that. But that, that well, doesn't happen. That's the fairy tale that we're taught, right? That right. she loved him yeah. and he changed. And, and if you really love right. them, you stay with them. And, and so it right. becomes this, well, you're not doing something right if they're not, if they're still acting that way. Yeah, it's the guilt. Right. It's the guilt. Yeah. I mean, my dad controlled me with guilt. You know, that mm. was his way. If I yeah. didn't uh, do, if I did something that was best for me, but hurt his feelings, um, you know, he would use. Well, I guess I'm just. The, he had the victim mentality. Mm. You know, it was always about him all the time. You know, and I, so that behavior of like a man blaming me for everything uh, was definitely the example that I was put through with my father. Mm. And so that became acceptable. And, but my dad loved me. Right. And so that's the example of love that I received. Yeah. So, especially male love. Uh huh. And, and Uh so, and, and it is literally like, I mean, I was in my hometown at the end of January, just this year, just a couple months ago, and I have came to this realization. Like, it's taken that long. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. To go, oh. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And it's been ever since then that I have lost all interest in men. Casting <laughs> <laughs> like, from men. I'm like, ooh, yeah, no, I don't have any interest in men. I, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I I hear you. Like I like no, like the past couple of years, people are like Kendra, are you gonna date? You gonna get out there? You're a young, attractive woman. Like you're smart. You've got plenty to offer. I'm like, mm, I kind of feel like I just want to offer it to me. Like I just don't want to. Like I just I'm just not in the mood. And it's not that like men don't like you know try to come on to me or that men don't try to take me out. I just I'm just not interested. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. No, that's yeah. I had to yeah. I had to tell someone recently that I was not dating right now and yeah. was annoyed by the whole situation, but it wasn't ultimately he's a nice dude and I just no. Like I just don't want anyone right now. No thanks. I've been very <laughs> I've been very yeah. anti relationship for the past couple of years. <laughs> like completely. Like, you know. Yeah. We can go we can hang out, we can have fun. That's that's as far as this is gonna go, like uh, I am. Uh, I don't know if I'll ever do monogamy again, to be honest. <laughs> I. Yeah, am... I, I even. I'm oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, I'm just. Uh, I'm deleting Tinder off my phone as we speak. Mine has been deactivated <laughs> for so long. I'm um, deleting the motherfucker. That, that's probably a good idea. Delete that Tinder. Um, I, <laughs> I, I have a. Um, I, I have a. When I date men, um, I, I tell them off that, like, you're you know, sex is off the table, um, and it's not going to happen unless we're getting married. And I oh, find wow. that filters out so many men. Uh, mm. So many men will just, like, be, like, done. I Like, you know, I'm out. Like, they, they're, they're not doing it. Well, I can um, see that because I would be the same way if a man told me that. I mean, 
I'm much the opposite. Like, sex is probably all you're going to get out of this. Like, I'm not sparing a whole <laughs> evening to have dinner with you. Like, like I can give you an hour on this night, and that's all you get. And you go, <laughs> and then I'm, and it won't be at my house because I don't want to tell you where I live. And I am leaving immediately <laughs> after. <laughs> you will not meet my children. You will <laughs> Summer knows what she wants. You're lucky if you get my last name. <laughs> that's why I love her. She knows exactly what she wants. <laughs> I have no shame. <laughs> See, we destigmatized that shit already. <laughs> uh, this is becoming one of my favorite my episodes right gonna, now. <laughs> my parents are gonna die if they ever hear this. <laughs> this is becoming one of my favorite episodes. I'm just oh, saying. That's funny. This is a good one. I like it, ladies. <laughs> Uh, this is a girl's night I didn't realize I needed. I love it. Came in and hot deleted. and salty with my burger dripping out of my hands. <laughs> and now she's deleted Tinder. And so. now I've deleted Tinder. Deleting <laughs> Tinder. Yep. Oh, goodness. So what kind of reaction do you get from men when you tell them no sex? Like, do they actually say they're not willing to do that or do they just ghost and just <laughs> change it right that's where i'm oh, going yeah. with this <laughs> yeah of course those uh, are the best. what is yeah. wrong with them <laughs> oh my god <laughs> they're such simple sometimes, creatures sometimes i think like i'm too clever to date sometimes like you know because like i'll be asking questions and, <laughs> right and like and you know, and you'll get these answers and you're just like mm, you answered wrong and um <laughs> sorry you've been eliminated <laughs> Oh, funny. I feel like we need a dating show on this. I know. I know. You know, I'm realizing right now that, like, I think part of the reason I don't want to date also is because I have a bunch of male friends. And, like, that just fills that role that you're talking about, Kendra, of just, like, having good company and, like, you know, like... I, yeah, I'm I think good that's with why that. I feel the need to actually, quote, date because mm-hmm. I get all of that from all of my friends. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So the only thing yeah. that's left is, is reliable sex. Yeah. 
And that keeps it simple. Yeah. Yeah. But I think that's good because when you get those, I, I feel like that's healthier to be getting those needs met by yeah. more than one person. Well, then you, it keeps you from being dependent on one right. thing. and, and so You're like, not as likely to make those decisions with your emotions that are yeah not healthy and ignoring the red flags. Yeah. Yeah. I've gotten where I'm a little bit of a mix of both of you. Uh, it's like Kendra, like I. You're somewhere in the middle. <laughs> well, like, because I'm like Kendra, like I want somebody who I can just talk to, and like, I won't sleep with them unless I think I might marry them, or you know, like it's going to reach right. a, a higher level of commitment. Like, I will keep them in the friend zone for a long time on purpose because I'm like in interviewing them in more depth. Uh, so to speak. They get an audition and a callback. Yes, right. And I can like think that, you know, I can make that decision more clearly if sex isn't part of the equation. Oh, okay. Right, yeah. Yeah, but then also, then then I have like the other guys that like that is their only purpose. Okay, that's fair. And, And that is where I'm like summer. So I kind of am a mix of you both, but... What I guess I just revealed to any guy who slept with me recently or, you know, realizes that that is their purpose, uh, <laughs> is that there is no hope for more. I friend zoned them by fucking them. <laughs> favorite episode (laughs) Kendra you are awesome you are amazing you are so awesome you prompted such a wonderful conversation this has been so fun (laughs) thank you so much for joining us oh thanks for having me I've I've been watching you that sounds creepy I've been watching you summer for since my friend rain introduced me to you and I'm like oh summer is so awesome so I just felt honored um to be here you guys are amazing oh thank you you can contact the podcast at broke broken podcast at gmail.com the broken broken podcast can be found on twitter at broke broken show on instagram and facebook at broke broken podcast